0: everyone and welcome to the podcast of nonsensical gamers. My name is Matt and joining me on the cast today is my one and only lovely co-host Miss Tiffany B.
1: Hello and welcome back.
0: Yes this is broadcast news for August 18th and I'm joined with just Tiff because Dan had a little too much fun at his birthday party yesterday.
1: Let's dedicate this podcast to Dan's birthday.
0: We did de- yes we dedicate this to Dan what I don't know what's he like 40 now?
1: He's my age, so no. Oh, so he's, he's 27. Not 40. Yes, he's Happy 27, 27 years birthday.
0: old. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do not know who we are, or if you forgot where to find us, you can do so on Facebook by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Feel free to shoot us an email at com. Find us over on the BGG Guild number 2077, or find us on places like Twitter and Instagram. So this is broadcast news, and this is post-GenCon broadcast news, which means that they're Is a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. We'll try to breeze on through it. But Tiff, you're going to have to be my sounding board for the games and the buzz of Gen Con. This isn't our official recap episode, but you were there. I was in Europe hanging out with Russian people. So I don't know what happened. Was it good? Pros and cons? Was it fun? It was good. Yeah.
1: I mean, getting together with all of your friends from the different corners of the United States is always fun. It doesn't even really matter what's at Gen Con.
0: Are you telling me that it's all about the social experience for you?
1: That's kind of what I'm saying. I know.
0: It's weird. That doesn't sound like the TIFF I know. You're a changed woman. I've been gone for I a really week. I
1: really am. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a social butterfly, but now I just love hanging out with people and can't stand being alone.
0: God, it's all that dead last in Spyfall. <laughs> i been spending too much time playing party games. I have been. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the news. <laughs> The first thing I have is the buzz from Gen Con 2016 according to BGG. So if you go to boardgamegeek.com, they tend to post con list what the hot games are. Do you know how they calculate this?
1: They use the um they have a booth and you go to a computer and then you can click like games that you checked out at the convention so it tabulates them like okay. that. I- yeah. I imagine by how many people like them
0: okay so this is a true like on the floor of the con snapshot. Right.
1: so i mean it can be influenced by how close their booth is to certain things oh,
0: but interesting
1: but i don't think it was in this case
0: okay so you're telling me that the bgg booth did not share with cge because codename pictures is number one here
1: No, everybody had Codename Pictures, literally everyone. I think so many people wanted Codenames last year or found out about it after they were all gone, and um, I think a lot of people hopped on the pre-order, which you just give your name and you go and pick one up at the convention, but literally everyone I saw had a copy of Codename Pictures under their arm.
0: Now, was this like the hit of the con, or were people just buying it just kind of point blank because they know it's Codenames?
1: I think from, from my perspective, it seemed like everybody bought it. I didn't see a wh- whole lot of people playing it. Not that I like walked around and watched people playing games very often, but no one from our like neck of the woods was playing it. Okay.
0: okay. But
1: everybody had a copy or two.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. I'll be interested to hear about it. We'll talk about it on a future show because both you and Dan got it, right?
1: Yes. I'm yeah. hoping to play it today.
0: Excellent. I have heard both sides of the coin. I've heard that it's not as good and I've heard that it is equally as good. So we'll give our thoughts on that in the future. Yeah. Some of the other games that are on the buzz, we have Scythe, which I think is uh, not a surprise because that's the first retail release of it. You could officially buy it um, outside of Kickstarter backing. Uh, Clank was the one game on this list that I had never heard of. Did you see any Clank or anything like that?
1: my our buddy Chris Kopak bought it and it was on his like pre Gen Con checkout list. It's like a deck builder, so mm-hmm. I don't know how into that I would be, but there were I mean, there were people walking around with it, so someone knew about
0: it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a dungeon crawl, like fantasy based deck building yeah. kind of thing. So it sounds pretty cool. It at least got me to check it out when I saw the name, it it's unique enough. Uh it has to do with going into a dungeon and trying to steal stuff and not make too much noise right apparently so uh some of the other game some of the other games we had lotus which i know at least dan picked up and when i asked him how it is he replied it's pretty so
1: (laughs) yeah i played it with dan it is pretty
0: that's that's no one's telling me about gameplay though
1: (laughs) Uh, i mean i think it, it would be a good one to pick up for the uh board game club it's pretty simple but I think I like Bullfrogs better.
0: Ah, yeah, I hear some comparisons. It has a
1: similar feeling to Bullfrogs. Okay.
0: Uh, Cry Havoc, Tom Vassell's favorite game of the year so far. That's a big deal. A lot of people were picking that up. Seafall, I've already started to see some tweets and things of people starting their Seafall campaigns because they were able to nab that. Was that one? Do you see like a... Black Friday mob at the Plat Hat booth?
1: I only walked by the Plaid Hat booth like once yeah. the whole entire time just because that's not my kind of game. But uh, I mean, a lot of people were excited about that one and, and I'm sure they did. No one ran like as far as I could tell, like they were very specific that you don't run into the convention center and that yeah. you could lose your badge for doing so wow okay so go this is my first time going into the con at the very beginning when everybody else goes in yeah and it was just crowded and really slow walking pace yeah and uncomfortable. So some, some dudes definitely walked very slowly to get it
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh also on the list imhotep which we've chatted a lot about no surprise that that's still on there uh vast the crystal cavern is a game that's getting A a good amount of buzz. I mean, Dan has a copy and has been talking about it, but did you get a chance to play it yet, Tiff?
1: No, I didn't get a chance to play it, and I almost talked myself into buying it while we were there, just because it's so different, but I really think... Me and Dan might have talked about this on on our episode where we talked about Gen Con. I don't think my group will do well with it, just because of how much they hated uh, space cadets, and the idea of learning different rules for the different roles, and... I hate a long rules explanation. They definitely do. So, I, uh, Dan helped me talk myself out of that. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Yeah.
0: But uh, I believe he's a big fan of it nonetheless. So, just because yeah, Tiff's talked of out of it are. doesn't mean you shouldn't check it out.
1: A lot of people picked it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the list is Mystic Veil, vale, which we've already chatted about. Uh, a lot of people really excited because uh, Origins was only on demo, so this is the first time to really get your hands on it, although it, it hit retail release a little bit before Gen Con. And then Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, which came out of nowhere, yeah. Fancy Flight seems to be announcing and releasing very close together nowadays, which is cool because they're not leading you on too long. But uh, the cool thing about Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition is that it's fully cooperative. It does not have a Overlord or console player anymore because it runs on an app. Just kind of neat. So... I'm hearing a lot of good buzz about that. 100 bucks though, for Cthulhu.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are other Cthulhu games. Yeah, yeah. The like production Cthulhu looks Pandemic. nice, though. I ah, mean,
0: uh, yes, a game that I cannot wait to hear about. But this is news, so Okay. you
1: All have right, another
0: right. week to play it, Tiff.
1: All right.
0: Let's talk about some apps, some of the apps that have been announced or are coming out. We've got a Codenames full version, not just the Codenames companion app, a full digital version of Codenames coming out. We've got a full digital version of evolution the north star games title about making apex creatures and dinosaurs and things like that uh the super dungeon tactics is one that interests me there's a app version of super dungeon explorer now the tactics thing resonates me with me as a video gamer because final fantasy tactics is a very popular uh turn-based style fa- final fantasy game and it's a a style of game that a lot of video gamers like, so if this is anything like that, that's a a pretty cool thing for me to be interested in. Uh, I don't have a tablet, but I'd be interested in trying to get it on my phone or computer
1: yeah i mean i I love Final Fantasy tactics, so it should be interesting to see how they what they change up to make it yeah. super dungeony.
0: It'll just be cartoonier. Can it be Chibi. more cartoony? I don't know.
1: I don't know, yes. Yeah. Probably. that
0: (laughs) that has a rumored release date of around October. And uh, next on the list, All Creatures, Big and Small, has officially been released. Did you get a chance to pick that up, Tiff?
1: Yep. I started a game this morning. Oh, yeah? And, uh, well, I mean, it's what you would expect. I'm playing on my phone, so it's a little cluttered and probably would look better on a tablet. But so far, so good. Okay, cool.
0: And then the Zombicide app, as they're calling it. I don't know if this is a companion app or a full game. I believe there's already a companion app, although I don't know if that was third party or not. But there was an, an announcement about a digital Zombie Side coming. Uh, you know, it's fully co-op, so it would be a perfectly fine app to just kind of solo. And then another FFG thing, speaking of Mansions of Madness... The Imperial Assault game, which is Descent but Star Wars, is also going to get the automated Overlord edition uh, early next year. So recently they came out with a Descent app. Uh, it's full campaign. It's new that you don't need that Overlord player. You don't need an opponent. So you can play it fully cooperative. Smart. They're going to do the same thing for Imperial Assault. And I agree with you. It is really smart. One, because it, it gives you the option to to play fully co-op which some people prefer but also it they're doing it for their new or their already established titles so this is just increasing longevity like descent was all but gone i'd say before this
1: yeah you don't hear people talking about descent too much anymore
0: but now with this full campaign and they're coming out with i think they already have two campaigns this is just like new life that's cheap easy content you know easy money for them uh and cool for us gamers so next up on the list we have a ton of game announcements and when i first started doing this all the news i could find in terms of gen con game announcements were from fantasy flight because they save everything for gen con i did find some other fantasy or non-fantasy flight things but let's start with them because we'll get that out of the way tiff so that you don't have to yeah listen for too long yeah
1: make this quick
0: The first game on the list is the one that I'm most excited about. It's called New Angelus. This is a new addition to the Android universe. It's for four to six players, which is kind of weird. And it's two to four hours. Have you ever been more excited for a game, Tiff? A a sci-fi four to six player, two to four hour game. Now, it is semi-cooperative.
1: Semi-cooperative.
0: So it's not directly fully competitive. The interesting thing is that you basically get at the beginning of the game, I watched a short video by Team Covenant. Uh, at the beginning of the game, you get a goal card. And basically, that has one of your the opposing factions on the board, one of the things that the other players are, are playing. And you only have to do better than that person to win. So you're not competing with everyone. You're only competing with someone and the other players, you know, so there's this big web of competition, So it looks interesting. It looks... uh, I mean, the production is really clean. I assume this is going to be another one of their $100 big box games because that's kind of what they do. Uh, Definitely one that interests me. Although even for me, as someone who would collect a game like this just to have, four to six players means that I wouldn't even be able to just, like, get this played on an off-chance two-player day. So that's kind of concerning, but...
1: It's a ballsy move. Like, most games, even if they shouldn't ever be played two or three players include two or three yeah. players yeah. for that reason
0: so maybe credit for them for actually being honest about it i don't know
1: yes i'd say yes <laughs>
0: uh one of the other games and this is probably the most interesting on the list for someone like you tiff who's not like into the IPs necessarily it's called hand of the king and the reason i say that is because it is bruno cathala design and it's game of thrones but the cool thing about this is that it's not the hbo and it's not The FFG art, it's a whole new line of comic book artwork. Like, it's really cartoony and almost kind of goofy looking, which it's got a a really interesting aesthetic, especially for FFG, who typically doesn't go into this area. Uh, The gameplay seems to be pretty simplistic. Basically, you have a grid of characters and you're moving Varys around if you know the Game of Thrones character, and you're you're landing him, he moves orthogonally. He lands on a card. You pick that card up. That gives you an ability based on who you pick up, and then you're trying to gather majorities in the different characters. So, seems pretty cut and dry. I mean, not an overly complicated game, but interesting. It seems new. Uh, Bruno Cathala design is always fun because we love Bruno. Uh, so, you know, that was something that stood out, especially the artwork. You should check that out. Seems
1: like such a weird mix of things like FFG with Bruno Cathala and it's Game of Thrones, which shouldn't surprise you. But also like cartoony, goofy yeah, it's, Game of Thrones. It's, okay, <laughs> Fantasy Flight.
0: It is a strange mashup, but uh, it, lo- it looks interesting. It's one I'll be keeping an eye out for I'll if it's it any out. good. Uh, the Arkham Horror LCG is the newest LCG in the line. It's going to borrow from... Lord of the Rings, it's going to be a cooperative LCG where you are fighting Cthulhu, and that's something that Ben and I are interested in. They also announced a Dice Masters comparison kind of thing. It's called Star Wars Destiny. It's a dice-based combat thing. It's kind of like Dice Masters, but it's FFG's line. It's got a similar, like, uh, booster pack, fully collectible kind of commercial model, so that'll be interesting to see. They announced a full miniatures game for Rune Wars, which is actually like an old school minis game where all your troops are on the big like square block bases. It looks like a Warhammer kind of thing. So that'll be interesting. And then they announced Doom the Board Game, which is a reprint, remaster, recreation of a previous Doom the Board game. So that'll be interesting to see. FFG is done, Tiff. Let's talk about some other games that you might actually be interested in.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: First up, Rather Dashing Games has two games coming along the pipeline that you can check out. The first is Element, which is a reprint of a 2008 game, I believe. Uh, it's an abstract strategy game. It, it's kind of fantasy, elemental-based. you know, you got your four basic elements, and you're using those within this abstract environment. They also have This Belongs in a Museum, which is a cool little, at least thematically cool, little tile placement game where you're trying to build a dig site and gather okay. things like I guess like a set collection kind of thing, but you're placing the tiles to make a the most profitable dig site and score points based on that. That's kind of cool. Uh, from Asmodee, I'm sure they have way more than this, and maybe you can shed some light in case you saw some Asmodee uh, releases coming out. But the one that stands out to me was the Citadel's Definitive Edition, which is uh, Bruno Fiduti's card drafting role selection kind of game. And uh, this is a whole new version, which is going to add to previous citadels. And I know Dan's pretty excited about this. This is one of his favorite games, so uh, this should be a pretty cool. One to keep an eye out for. Did Asmodee have anything else going on?
1: Um, I that wish you can think of off the top of your head before just this moment, citadels was the one that stuck out to me too. But uh, they did have a couple of other things there for demo. I'm just blanking on them right now.
0: Okay, well we can. They chat have about stuff. Them. It'll yeah.
1: look pretty, and you'll want to buy it.
0: Asmodee has everything, well. including potentially F2Z. I'm not sure if they closed the deal, but they are in negotiations to acquire yet another board game conglomerate because F2Z actually has several companies underneath their their umbrella. So, do you know if they closed out that deal? I wasn't sure.
1: Um, actually, we we're talking about this at GenCon. I have no idea. No one, okay. no one seems to know for sure. I th- I think that the general thinking was no, they haven't closed it yet.
0: Okay. But, I mean, that's a big acquisition. They grabbed Hat, which is, you know, one of your up-and-coming, kind of more thematic game companies. And you got Z-Man, which is, you know, basically Eurocentral. So, they're grabbing a lot of stuff. Asmodee is going to rule the world soon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm okay with it.
0: (laughs) From Hans and Gluck. We've got a couple of things. Uh, Carcazone Amazon is the latest in the themings of Carcazone, which apparently just plays like Carcazone, but it's jungle themed. So,
1: Oh, I like the variants on Carcazone.
0: From what I hear, I don't know that there's a, a, too much that's new, but I assume they always introduce something. So I assume there will be something little, but apparently it's just kind of Carcassonne, So
1: Bummer. All right.
0: Another game coming for them is First Class Move the Orient Express. It's a route-building game. Uh, Not too much out about that that I know of, but uh, it sounds interesting. And Russian Railroads expansion, American Railroads. It finally stretches Russian Railroads to the great Stars and Stripes. You can connect the American Railroads. Nice. Along with the Russian and the German Railroads. I, I still haven't played German Railroads, but I really like Russian Railroads. It's one of my favorite worker placement games.
1: Yeah, I didn't buy German railroads because I don't play Russian railroads enough to justify it.
0: It's such a Dang good game, it. though. I, much, <laughs> I, I I, like it a lot. But
1: No, I do, too. I played it on... Uh, they have it on Yukata, I think. Oh, really? If you really? want to, you, you know, play.
0: We always say that we're going to do that, but we don't do that, Tiff.
1: We really should, though. It's kind of dumb that we don't.
0: All right. maybe. Anyway, Cool Mini or Not has a couple of games coming out very soon. They have the other Seven Sins, which is currently in Kickstarter fulfillment. So people are getting that. You'll be seeing pictures of that soon. Looters and The Usual Suspects, which is that racial profiling the game kind of thing that everyone's yes. chatting about because it's a little edgy. All of those are set to release in September for full retail. A Side bit about Cool Mini. They actually got a hold of the Zombie Side IP fully. They got it out. Uh, from Guillotine Games. So Cool Money or Not is officially the owner of Zombicide. So that's just an extra piece. Coming from Upper Deck, we have uh, accompanying the legendary encounters, the two that just came out, which is Firefly and Big Trouble in Little China. We have an expansion for the base legendary, which is Deadpool. And Deadpool's yeah. fantastic character, which is pretty cool. I'm always tempted to pick up legendary again because apparently... I've only played the base, which was a little rough around the edges, but they've made a lot of improvements from what I hear.
1: Yeah, but okay. So the the base game was meh. So you're going to buy the base game and some other stuff. So it can be just probably a little bit slightly better than meh. Is that what you're telling me? All
0: right. So I'm not going to buy Legendary. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick up uh, either of the encounters?
1: No. I I'm sticking to my opinion that I only need one of these games in my collection. So if I were to buy the Firefly one, I'd be getting rid of Alien, and I just don't see myself doing that. that. Uh, They also announced Legendary Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: I saw that.
1: (laughs) How (laughs) do we feel
0: about that?
1: I'm sure there are a lot of people really excited about it, but uh, I never got into that. It's like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I missed I'm not, out on
1: the Buffy craze, and you're I too young, too. so.
0: It was happening when I was very little, and Kel recently rewatched them all, and I was like, I this does nothing for me. I like I monster TV shows, but. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I tried to watch it uh, recently, and I was like, no, I don't see the appeal. It had it. You, I guess, you just had to be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> uh, Dan, we opened his legendary encounters, Firefly. Yeah. and you can check our tweets. I saw. The I picture. am sure that the gameplay is fine because we had the same problem with Alien, where some of the artwork is just a little janky. But the gameplay, I'm sure, is solid. But in particular, Dan, I I didn't realize that Dan was such a big Firefly fan to be so offended. But as we're looking through these cards, he's like he was very upset with some oh, of the no. artwork and how like. He was like this is my favorite episode and they've ruined this cuz their their oh, uh, decks are built into the the 14 episodes of the season and he was like they've ruined my favorite episode and oh, some of it is really kind of crappy.
1: Like we I mean like the the alien encounters artwork is just like there are different artists for the different yeah. movies or whatever and that kind of threw me off when I first got it. None of the styles are bad. They're just different yeah is this like not like it's worse than that this
0: is this is worse than that so alien oh, okay. is inconsistent which feels funny this is inconsistent and some of the styles are seem poor they're just not up to there's a quality where there are uh like zoe's guns and kaylee's face and things like like certain <laughs> features are legitimately misshapen or not the perspective isn't correct and oh. they, they just look bad. It's not that I don't like the style. It's that the the art and the ability to form shapes and and put things together. Just it's very strange at times.
1: That's too bad. So, I've, I'm yeah. feeling better about my decision.
0: I mean, I, again, I'm sure based off my experience with Alien that the gameplay is probably solid. We'll see. Right. I can't say that for sure. But I it's not going to make me not play the game. But it's definitely going to make me post pictures on Instagram about how bad it (laughs) is. (laughs) So anyway, but moving on, Uh, something that I only put in because I thought it might interest you kind of, uh, Modiphius is coming out with a Star Trek RPG.
1: Good effort, Matt.
0: Okay, moving on. Stronghold (laughs) and Spielworks (laughs) announced. Who am I going
1: to play that with? Who is going to play a Star Trek RPG with me? I don't
0: know. If you DM it because I don't know anything about anything, (laughs) but you know the world, I'll play it.
1: That's just weird.
0: Okay. If I can set my phasers to stun, (laughs) I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stronghold and Spielworks announced Sola. I'm gonna butcher this. Is it Sola Fide?
1: That's what I'm gonna guess. Okay. Or not. It's fine.
0: All right. We're gonna say Sola Fide because it seems uh, very Latin. So, uh, "Sola Fide" the Reformation. So this is based on Martin Luther's Protestant Reformation, and this is actually what? Lutheran? Just that
1: title. It's so long. Oh, the
0: "Sola Fide", Sola Fide the, Reformation,
1: the Reformation. Protestants. No, versus no, no. Catholics. That's that's not the oh. that's not the
0: title. Oh, <gasps> I okay.
1: thought that was part of the title. I'm like, that's <laughs> no, a long no, no. title.
0: So it's a card game. It's not so much a board game, although there are a couple of boards. Um, you're trying to control territory. So it's I find this actually kind of interesting because I I like this part of history. Uh the idea that this is Protestants versus Catholics. The the higher organizations, not individual people with baseball bats or anything like that. The the <laughs> organizations and how, you know, the reformation pulled religious belief in it it fractured the the communities to some extent. And that was kind of the goal of the theses that were written. So the game is through card play. You're trying to take control of various territories. And that's basically like, you know, you're keeping your people under your religious umbrella. So kind of interesting. And this is part of the Great Designer series. I, I believe this is number six. But don't hold me to that. Steven Monacore please don't hold me to that. But either way, I think this looks like a really interesting game. It's got that Spielworks label, so you know it's probably going to be pretty chunky, pretty euro-y, and uh, this is a partnership that is is successful, I think, you know, Spielworks plus Stronghold. Definitely. You get the best of both worlds from the production and the distribution and then the design. So I think that that's pretty cool. And the last one that we're going to talk about is something that I stumbled across and is fairly ridiculous. F, I put F2Z because I don't know if this is coming through Plathat Hat or if this is coming through Pretzel Games, which is also under that umbrella. Uh, flick Em Up Dead of Winter is a real thing, Tiff.
1: When I saw this, I thought maybe you like mistyped or like it auto-filled in something.
0: No. No, I checked because basically there's a picture, uh, I believe John Gilmore posted who is who was one of the designers of Dead of Winter of it's flick him up but it's all like zombie side out and it it's got like cars as obstacles and things like that and zombies and i double checked on bgg and you know the text of the news article says we thought that maybe this was like a fan-made version but now it is in fact confirmed that flick him up dead of winter is going to be a thing
1: interesting
0: it's a weird mashup and i can it only really assume is. it's because both companies are under that umbrella
1: I mean, I. It, what does a dexterity game have to do with Dead of Winter? Is there going to be a social aspect to this to flick 'em up?
0: Yeah, one of you is actually have a traitor, yeah, and you're going to you flick your death your, death? Uh, your disc at the player, at the human.
1: Like I, I'm interested to see how they tie that together. If it's just like based on zombie theme on current flick 'em up game, but we'll pretty see pretty much.
0: And yeah. it's also interesting because from what I heard. The budget economy version of Flick'Em Up is not so hot. Well,
1: we knew that.
0: We did know that, but it's interesting that they would put more money into Flick'Em Up in the sense that you've got this expensive version that people are priced out of and you know that the cheap version doesn't really work. So why make a pasted-on version of a game that a lot of people who want it already own and who don't want it don't want the crappy version?
1: Maybe there are people turned off by the western theme and they just need zombies no to help them get that's over?
0: not a thing tiff who's um, turned off by western themes i understand if you don't like western themes but who's like i'm not buying that because it's wild west
1: i don't know i it's could see someone doing, doing that. the
0: game is called flick em up it's like a wild west play
1: no i know i understand <laughs> i own the game i understand what you're saying there's got to be someone out there. Listen, if you are listening to this podcast and you would buy Flick 'em Up Dead of Winter, post in the guild. I won't be there, but someone will, and we'll know.
0: <laughs> if you would buy Flick 'em Up Dead of Winter and you over regular uh, Flick 'em Up, like if you were like, I don't want Flick 'em Up, but now that you see this, you have ch- your mind has been changed.
1: I want to hear from that person. Yes, I, I want you to, to you. hear from that person.
0: Yeah, I, and I'll relay it back to you. Thanks. So yeah. All right, a couple less quick news stories. The Essen preview is live. Uh, I am not going to do, like, a full feature of Essen games. I did look through it. You can Ugh. go to BGG and look through the Essen games. So uh, much Essen. work ahead of me. Yeah, Essen is typically a more, like, European-style game fair because it's in Europe. In Europe, yeah. yeah. Imagine that. So a lot of Euro games, uh, a lot of cubes, a lot of meeples things like that Uh, but you know it's really been branching out it's been blowing up a lot of the american companies who are doing well are able to go over there and feature the games so the preview is is a mixed bag again but as much as origins was a preview for gen con gen con was a big preview for essen at the same time so a lot of the things that you heard about at gen con you typically hit at essen so pretty cool because that means that once essen happens then we here can get our hands on some of these great games so check that preview out And the last thing we have is that Eric Lang, designer of Everything Under the Sun, including Blood Rage and Chaos Ball and a couple of different LCGs and Dice Masters and the other Seven Sins, uh, he was awarded the Diana Jones Awards, the Diana Jones Award for Excellence in Gaming. And I pulled this quote directly from them. They defined this award, it says... The Diana Jones Award is designed to reward any combination of achievement, innovation, or anything that has benefited or advanced the hobby and industry as a whole, or which has had the greatest positive effect on games and gaming, or which, in the opinion of judging committee, shows or exemplifies gaming at its best. And I think that to some extent, I think it's completely fair that Eric Lang has had a positive impact on the hobby because he single-handedly supplied the entire hobby with games, For a couple of years now. So the guy's a machine.
1: Okay, I'll give you that. Do we know who Diana Jones is?
0: Tiff, you ask a very good question there in that who is Diana Jones? Diana Jones is nobody, Tiff. Diana Jones does not exist. So your thoughts that maybe this had to do with a woman who was excellent in some way or who was given this award or it was named after her is not true. The Diana Jones Award is given out... By a closed committee, so it's not based on any kind of popularity or anything like that. So they they like that uh, their award is given out on merit to some extent because it's judged. Now, where Diana Jones comes from is the Diana Jones Award Trophy that is given out. And kind of like the Stanley Cup, whoever wins the award gets to hold on to it for a year and hang out and can put their logo on things and say, I'm a Diana Jones winner. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read you what the Diana Jones Trophy is because this is where the name comes from. So, it's a trophy that was originally created by the UK Office of TSR Hobbies in the mid-1980s to commemorate the expiration of the company's license to publish the Indiana Jones role-playing game.
1: I see where this is going.
0: The trophy was taken and the part at the beginning, since they lost the license, they burned away the IN on Indiana Jones, which leaves... Diana Jones. (laughs) I love it. And that's where they get the name Diana Jones. The trophy itself is a four-sided pyramid standing 10 centimeters high on a mounted wooden base. And included within it is two still recognizable cardboard Nazi figures. (laughs) (laughs) It's bizarre, Tiff.
1: Congratulations, Eric Lang.
0: But at the same time, this is a real award. They've been doing it for fifteen years. Yeah. But it is strange. I love that this
1: trophy is super quirky.
0: Yes, this is a Tiff Award. You need to aspire (laughs) to get this award.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll work on my next game.
0: So that's goofy. But hey, (laughs) good for Eric Lang. I mean, I don't know that he's not really like one of your common designers that you cross paths with, right? No but
1: no definitely not
0: he's definitely contributing a lot and his games seem to be very popular
1: i mean you like it so
0: i mean i think that i like a lot of his titles but yeah i don't know i think that he's a staple in the side of the hobby that i get into that you don't i think that he's there present and he's very popular so hey good for you eric lang because you're probably listening to this show so (laughs) we congratulate you everyone so that is the news let's move on to some kickstarter we've got three projects to chat about we've got three projects to highlight and then we're gonna move right along to the end of the show the first project i have tiff is called akua have you taken a look at akua yes so akua is a tabletop strategy game for three to four players and it's from small box games it will be ending on august 19th so you don't have much time if you're listening to this day one You're still in the know, but if you wait a few days, it's probably already ended. You can get this game for $10, and that's kind of the big thing, is that it's not being billed as a micro game, but it's got that micro game price. Remember when micro games were cool, Tiff?
1: For like a a second.
0: Yeah, not anymore. So (laughs) the interesting thing about Akua is that it's a small game, takes 30 to 45 minutes, and it's played on a central board with dry erase markers. So it seems very portable, very, you know, friendly on the go, and has a small footprint, which is kind of cool. You don't have a lot of components. Although, how much do you hate when dry erase markers dry out?
1: Oh, my God. It's the worst. I mean, I'm a teacher. I always have a million dry erase markers, like, at all times, just in a pocket, in a drawer. I'm like a dry erase marker ninja.
0: (laughs) Uh, so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the game and some dry erase markers for a bit. Oh. So, on the center of the board. I thought we were board... going to have
1: a nice long conversation <laughs> on dry erase markers. I got excited.
0: What's your favorite brand, Tiff?
1: I love those bold co- colors. Expo yeah. puts out. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Do you like the, the thin ones or do you like the no. chisel edge? Like you know, thick... I like
1: the round tip ones. The oh, big... No, I don't like yeah. those. No, I like, I like the way that looks on the board.
0: I have bad handwriting, so I can't. My letters blend together.
1: Don't your chisel tips like I don't know? They make everything I like, weird. I don't like it.
0: They like do them. because when you make like let's say you make a lowercase a, the circle part is all nice and thin, and then the stem is super thick.
1: Oh, I like I like everything to be thick and legible for my students, but I maybe that's know. just me I'm a good teacher.
0: I don't know. My kids don't pay attention. They're trying to we should <laughs> trying to bite each other.
1: We should spin this off into a sweet dry erase marker podcast.
0: I I mean if Expo wants to sponsor us. Just saying.
1: Sponsored by Expo.
0: I'd say most people probably haven't thought of that idea, but I mean, we spend a day, an episode per color. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I different
1: brands, different ways of erasing. I mean, oh
0: man, talk about erasing—that's a big deal.
1: <laughs> it really is, but we should probably talk about games.
0: Uh, all right, this so is Akua a board game podcast. So <laughs> the center of the Akua board is—it's like an island, and you have. Locations within that, and then imagine kind of like Catan. The edges of each of the hexes um, are pathways, like where you would lay your roads on Catan. And then on each of the vertices, it's like a node that you can, where you would put your city in Catan. I'm going to use that as my example. Um, Essentially, what you're doing is that there's a couple different actions that you can take on your turn, and there's a couple different ways to score points. But you can travel around the map by marking certain areas and drawing pathways you can invoke the power of these gods because it's got kind of this what what would this be called it's it's like a mythological island ah polynesian thank you that's what i'm looking for so you've got like tiki's tiki gods things like that you can invoke their powers and uh there's also these mana stones that you can uh gather or collect and they score you points as well so uh, through these different actions that you take Um, you're just trying to essentially score the most points, but you get points by interacting between those actions. So when you use the gods that allows you to interact with the map, when you collect mana stones, you can do different things. Uh, they give you special abilities to allow you interact with the map. So it's, it's all about, uh, you know, having these wealth of options on this tiny little, you know, footprint of a game. Uh, it, it seems pretty interesting. It's fairly simplistic. I watched the playthrough video
1: I did too. What'd you think? I mean, it's it like feels y but small footprint, and you know, sometimes having too many components will turn me off of a bigger game, just because I don't want to deal with the component management part of it, the upkeep and stuff. So this simplifies that, and I like that idea. I have backed it.
0: Uh, I was about to say, I just got an email <laughs> that says uh, Tiffany B has backed a So, but I mean, ten bucks. I feel like it's. What's the big deal? Why not?
1: Right. I ten mean, ten bucks the... is
0: cheaper than most micro games.
1: Exactly, and it does seem like it's gonna have like a nice Euro feel. It's gonna play quick. It is three or four players, so like I guess in my mind, I would kind of maybe like it to play two. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, this would be perfect if you were somehow stuck in a line for forty five minutes <laughs> with four yeah. of your best friends. Three yeah. of your best friends. Yeah.
0: Or if you're stuck on a plane
1: oh plane would be perfect
0: road trip to JanCon. con if you're Origins. on a plane
1: with four three people two other friends you would need
0: yeah that happens people travel as families you know i don't
1: have friends i don't know what it's
0: like oh sorry tiff uh so we'd I like would play all it to play players. one player we wish it was a solo <laughs> game so i think it yeah. looks neat i think for 10 bucks plus i think it's five dollars shipping was there shipping tiff
1: um i just three dollars shipping
0: no two dollars shipping $1 shipping. shipping is included for domestic batchers, backers.
1: Speaking of which, it is uh being manufactured domestically.
0: Ah, so you're also supporting American businessmen and women. Yes. So, uh, you know, a lot of nice things about this. I, I, It's hard to say don't take the risk because there's, it almost seems like there's really no risk involved.
1: There's really no risk. I mean, this yeah. is like two cups of fancy coffee, people.
0: Yeah. Less if you get whipped cream. I mean, so anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, we are all uh, over uh, the uh,
1: map today. We're talking dry erase markers, drink preferences. Yeah. I like a nice flat white with coconut I don't drink milk. coffee Oh,
0: anymore. I've been off the sauce for a while. That's so. sad. No, it's okay. Although Europe was a little strange because people would legitimately look at me with-
1: Like you're crazy?
0: With me. No, they were mean oh. about it. They were <laughs> like, would, they ask, would you like coffee? And Kel's like, yeah. And then they asked me if I would like coffee. And I'm like, no. And they'd like dart glances at me or be like, are you sure? Because everybody drinks coffee there all the Listen, time.
1: Listen, it's really important. I noticed it at Gen Con because there was like every day after lunch, I'd be like, oh, God, I don't want to be here anymore. And I feel terrible. <laughs> and then I'd have a cup of coffee. and I'd be like, life is good. And it's amazing.
0: It, I'm so yeah, happy. But that's just until it wears off. It's called caffeine.
1: And then you have another cup of coffee or a pop and you're good to go again
0: yeah, you just can say the same for cocaine running. tiff. you can, uh, <laughs> when Gen con gets you, you down, just and just cocaine snort some are cocaine, similar,
1: like maybe just switch over to cocaine.
0: I'm saying is that, that saying? they would have a similar effect, <laughs> and cocaine is probably longer lasting.
1: Hey, Matt. I think we're gonna have to cut this.
0: It's a family show, so
1: family show. <laughs> we're gonna have to leave out the cocaine part of it All of right. our coffee segment.
0: It'll probably go at the end of the show. Yeah, because well, along there's with no the dry rating. erase
1: markers. <laughs>
0: now, the dry erase markers are staying, Tiff, because that's a fundamental part of Akua. Okay. So, All anyway, right. let's move on to our next game, which let's. is from Greater Than Games. It's called Fate of the Elder Gods. This is a new Lovecraft game, which we always need some more. Uh, this will be ending on August 19th. It is well overfunded, and it looks like... Fifty nine bucks is going to get you the game. You can go ninety nine bucks if you'd like some promo stuff and a hardcover book. And uh, this is from I, are they friends of the show? We can say one Richard Launius, who's a frequent guest on the show. It's a shame <laughs> that we couldn't have him here today, Listen, but also guys, D- Daryl Lauder watch- <laughs> and Chris Kirkman.
1: You should watch the video for Fate of the Elder Gods just so you can understand what the real Richard sounds like. So you know that Dan does just like this caricature thing and Richard is a cool guy. Yeah, friends of the show.
0: If you watch the video, but if you turn the video on and just listen to it, you'd be surprised how similar they are.
1: No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. But that's okay. I'm also backing this, although it's like kind of outside of my usual Kickstarter requirements in that it's supremely overfunded and um, doesn't need me. (laughs) but yes. it, it's it's Richard and Daryl and Chris are good friends and Dan played this game and liked it are you hearing me people it's a Cthulhu game that Dan liked yeah. that's quality and he tried right to back
0: out of that statement but he said it it's on the show I think no we definitely
1: recorded him saying that
0: you play as cultists of the different gods and you're actually trying to be the first one to raise your god to summon it he or she and It has some unique hand management and and card play. You're using cards, which are spells, to influence the board. And it's got heavy kind of Euro mechanisms. I think more Euro than you'd expect from a Cthulhu game. And that's kind of why Dan was drawn to it. Because it really is about clever positioning and being very mindful about where you're putting your people. I think this
1: one's got it all. It's got dice. It's got minis. It's got Lanius what more do the people need to know?
0: Yeah. So uh, an interesting take on Cthulhu, you know, I do we need another Cthulhu game? I don't know, but this one's got a lot of buzz and it's at least from the Cthulhu master, Richard Launius. Uh, and it's exciting to have Daryl and Chris kind of have their hands in this because I think they've got a good mix. You know, I like when you have a group of designers all kind of bringing their heads together because it when they iron this out and balance between them you get something really cool and I think that's what fate of the elder gods has it's doing really well and I think it's it's probably going to be a good game I haven't heard anything negative about it including from my own brother who hates everything so I mean what more do you need (laughs) yeah so
1: definitely worth checking out
0: the last game I picked on the list is called gondola and I picked this just for you tiff because yeah. this is a tile placement and racing game from Big Kid Games. I believe this is their first title. It is not quite funded yet, and it will be ending on August 31st. You can grab a copy for $39, and that ships anywhere in the world. So friendly for all. And the interesting thing about this is, like I said, it's it's a unique theme. Don't think I've seen gondolas in games outside of, like, Burano. But those yes. aren't really... You don't do anything with them. They just kind of move around the board. Uh, this is actually, it looks very kind of carcassonne but it's actually a race game where you're laying pathways uh, through the canals. And each tile has a speed value and a wind value. And you're going to use the the values on the tiles that you play. So you have to choose carefully to actually move around the board. And you're trying to find checkpoints it's got a little bit of discovery as you lay the tiles you'll find you know the first checkpoint i think all the way up to the fifth checkpoint which is the finish line and you're gonna build the map as you go and you're racing around with your little gondola so you know i don't think there's a whole lot beyond that to it but really unique gameplay tile laying is always fun and i like the idea that you have to kind of balance the speed with the pathway that you're making and trying to match that up because the board can get a little wonky where you're you're trying to create the shortest path, obviously. You're trying to find the checkpoints, but you're also trying to maneuver appropriately. So it seems pretty cool. Plus it has gondola miniatures or gondola meeples, which are great.
1: Yeah. Gondoleeples.
0: Gondoleeples.
1: Yeah. No, it looks interesting. I race games are just hit or miss for me.
0: So yeah. Yeah.
1: I have to look more into this. In the comments, the Dice Tower apparently did a write-up, and they said they mentioned Formula D, which I hate. Oh, so sorry, I'm a little Tiff. worried. I'm a little worried based on that. But the tiles look interesting, and they're big tiles too.
0: Three by three inches. Yeah. Which is So cool.
1: that's neat. Gondola meeples. I like tile placement. So this is one that I'm glad you pointed out, because I never would have looked at it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Based
1: on the quote on the
0: page. Super unique. Uh, so 39 bucks plus $5 shipping uh, is what I found. So it, it seems, given that they're three by 3 tiles and that you've got all these kind of cubes and, and things like that, 45 ish dollars seems? I don't know. It seems, a, seems like a it might actually high. be a little high. But I, it's a Kickstarter. So their print run's not going to be huge. Right. So I don't know. I'm interested. I don't know. I've got it starred because it's got a ways to go in terms of time so I don't have to kind of jump on it although it hasn't funded so it'd be nice to support it along so the the thing that I found funniest just as a side note is that if you watch the video it's it's a little informative and it's got some history because apparently gondola racing is a big thing right but it's way too intense it's like a <laughs> Michael Bay movie oh like the, racing. the
1: the first video that you watch I did watch yeah. that and it was very exhilarating
0: it, it's the music it's like watching transformers <laughs> it's crazy and i'm like this is just gondola racing i expected it to be like italian or french like f- cute little music
1: matt gondola racing is serious it, apparently
0: apparently wow. it is <laughs> so anyway we're that really is...
1: ticking off some gondola racing listener right now sorry I'm buddy sorry.
0: if you race gondolas please contact me because i would love to hear about your experiences legitimately I've been watching the Olympics. I watch rowing. That looks way more boring than gondola racing. Can According you imagine if- to
1: this Kickstarter game video, but that th- that's <laughs> well, the only have thing a you little know video about of actual
0: people gondola racing.
1: Oh, I didn't watch that yet.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine if Olympic rowers had to stand while they rode?
1: Yeah, Olympic rowers are just like weak sauce compared to Lazy gondola buns. guys. God. Yeah.
0: And there's like ten of them. There's only two gondola racers.
1: All right, I think you redeemed yourself to our gondola racing fans. That's
0: what I was going for.
1: All right, good. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right, let's get into some quick mentions. We got a couple of projects, and then we'll wrap this show up. The first up is Meeple Source's latest Kickstarter for Character Meeple's 2.0. This is another one of their Kickstarters to get the... I I believe they're, like, hand-painted. They're, like, custom hand-painted special meeples in all shapes and sizes. And this one will be ending on September 7th. And there's a variety of different backing levels. So I'm not going to go through them all. Basically, depending on how many meeples you want and what you want, you can back accordingly. They have full game sets and they have their special character meeples, which are like cute animals and uh, Cthulhu's and mummies. And um, I like that there's now a male ally and female ally for inclusive gaming kind of thing. So there's a lot of neat things that they've come up with and as they get more funding they'll unlock new things uh, a couple of the games that they're featuring this time they've got stone age cult express and i believe they're doing royals as well as a promo but uh how do you feel about these tiff
1: uh, you know i look at those stone age ones and i really wants them and it's but it's a 50 piece set so you're talking like 50 three dollars to get the stone age set of meeples and i don't know i'm at a point in my life where i can't i have too many games i can't just be pimping out games like this it's reckless
0: well and we may have talked about this before but do you think that if you've already got too many games this is a way to kind of grow your collection to improve the hobby to get more things without having to add more boxes to your shelf
1: well that's a good thought but i just can't do it (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, if you're going to spend money anyway, oh,
1: I'm not would you gonna rather have a new money. game
0: or would you rather have fancy meeples?
1: Uh, I'd probably rather have a new game. But yeah. I Stone Age is one of my very favorite games. And so, like, I could see doing this, like, if you have, like, a game that's, like, your favorite pet game, which Stone Age kind of is for me, it might be worth it. Yeah. It might
0: be worth it. I think it. that if you've got the disposable income right. and you like this kind of thing, like, the quality is going to be fine and it's going to be cool. But it's whether or not like, these aren't cheap. We're talking yeah. about the, the nine-piece set for Cold Express is 12 bucks, so more than a dollar per meeple. Now, they are custom, and they're, you know, painted. So I think the
1: Stone Age ones are hilarious.
0: They are pretty goofy looking, and I like that they're in different player colors. I mean, they'd have to be, but right. I like that they, they did that touch because there's actually the penguin ones for Hey, That's My Fish do not come in different colors, so they say you have to paint them or mark them yourself in some way, which is why am I paying a dollar a meeple to then have to paint them myself, too? Right. It's kind of weird. I say you give them all colored neckties.
1: (laughs) Oh, that would be nice. That would be perfect. Except for you, like, just play with the pieces from, hey, that's my fish. What's wrong? Yeah,
0: they've got cool little plastic pieces, but uh, I think that the, the most interesting thing to me about a project like this is I like when... Like I have a, if I had a character meeple that was like my character guy, like I had the little TMD dragon, or I had the Gen Cant caterpillar guy. Whenever I had like a single player meeple in a game, I could break it out and be like, "This is me," oh, and that right. would be cool. Like a but I don't matte know enough games. Eeple. Yeah, I don't know enough games where it's like, dude, "We need one meeple of your color," and th- that I could break out my well, own. Well, you meeple. would you
1: would have to buy a set of matte meeples.
0: The male ally one looks like me a little bit.
1: Um, he's blonde. And He's blue a little eye. blonde. Yeah. Oh, I got blue you eyes. You have blue eyes. Okay. Fine. I'm not He's that blonde.
0: blonde. I got glasses.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I don't know if I'm that meeple shaped though.
1: I don't like that shape. They look kind of thick.
0: They have <laughs> in yeah, their legs are really chunky. Yeah. So that's kind of what meeples look like.
1: Right. I just would rather have a meeple than a weird shaped person. <laughs> like I, th- <laughs> I, it totally works for the cavemen. I think. Yeah yeah but and and the the cold express ones i don't know why it just looks weird because it's like a t-shirt and pants i think it's not as detailed as the other stuff
0: all right so take it or leave it the character (laughs) meeples are up they have not funded yet so they'd love your support you can check them out for a little while longer tiff our next project to quickly mention tell me about exquisite beast
1: So I just came across this one, and it's the kind of project that I like. It just seems like a passion project. Uh, Exquisite Beast is about being a mad scientist collecting, like, parts of monsters and stitching them together to destroy villagers and stuff. So, like, there's a point in the game where there's lightning, and then your creature comes alive and then goes through the town. The artwork is you know, not like the most exciting thing and the graphic design is not probably what we're used to in a lot of the Kickstarters but like the gameplay seems interesting and I don't know something about it just seems neat I like the theme and I like the, I don't know I like this whole idea
0: The artwork is better than Firefly so that's good Okay, well
1: there you you have it They can put that on their Kickstarter page
0: Better than Firefly (laughs) Uh, this, I I think my favorite thing about this, like it's super quirky. I like the idea that every now and then there's lightning and that animates your monsters.
1: Right. And then they tear
0: through town. I think it's just super cool theme. And, uh, like you said, a passion project. So. I love
1: it. I love that, that, that like this is a thing that's still happening, and it is funded, and it has 20 days to go, so enough people were excited by this idea. They said that they, in the Kickstarter video, that they've tried it out at um, different conventions, so uh, there are enough people excited about it that it got funded. It's, they're from Ireland, the two dudes.
0: Yep, and it only runs about 40 bucks US, 35 euros, yeah. and it'll be ending on September 4th, so exquisite beast, pretty cool. And another game that you happen to come across at Gen Con, Tiff, tell me about Alien Invasion.
1: Now, I, this is one that I very... I didn't delve deep into the gameplay of this one at all, but it, it's uh, Alien Invasion. You have this... I don't know how to describe it. It's a spaceship, and it has, like, a little clear tube at the bottom, and the pieces are light enough that that spaceship can suck them up. So, like, you press on the top of the little bubble and it can suck up the pieces on the board and actually abduct your player pieces it's
0: amazing
1: you're trying to it's kind of seems like it might be roll and move e but there are cards and stuff that do things and help you but you're trying to get your you're trying to help your people escape is the concept of it without being abducted and one person i believe plays as the aliens and moves that ship around trying to suck up all the pieces
0: yeah but it doesn't I, have a whole lot on the gameplay yeah It just says you try to get your four movers back home.
1: Yeah, and the only reason I'm mentioning this is because I did watch a couple of kids play this at Gen Con, and they were really enjoying it. So maybe if you have kids, younger kids, this would be one to check out. Because it's not funded, but it's a really cool idea. It's another passion project. They they made this. They started out with, like, a hairdryer and a tube.
0: It's... (laughs) I love it it's only $27 this is the best toy factor of any game I've seen it's better than the camelot pyramid yeah it's better than I don't know what else is out there it's better than I think that this in terms of uh, the toy factor mechanism is cooler than like loop and Louie
1: oh agreed 100% it's pretty cool so
0: it will be ending on August thirty first, and like I said, it's only twenty seven bucks to get the game, thirty-seven. You can get some bonus stuff. So
1: it has yeah. some time, but it needs some help. So if you're into Toy Factor, check it out. Way
0: cool. Alright. One last project to talk about, and it is a quick one because it is Fields of Green from Artipia Games. And the reason why this is so easy to say is that this is basically the farming version. <laughs> of uh among the stars
1: it's inspired by among the Stars. it's pretty much the farming
0: (laughs) version of among the stars it is i looked at it and i was reading it and i thought oh okay cool new farming game 30 minutes two to four players round around you're gonna draft cards do this that and then i scrolled far enough to see inspired by among the stars and everything clicked in my head and i was like oh this is a re-theme this is a hard re theme of Among the Stars. But Among the Stars is a great th- is a great game.
1: It makes sense. Like if you have very like Euroy friends who wouldn't try a a game that looks thema- like super thematic like Among the Stars, even though the theme really doesn't have anything to do with anything. It makes sense that you would try this on your Agricola playing friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're like, no, it's a Euro game, trust me, it's got fields on it.
0: Yeah, look. There's silos and water towers and barns. Oh my. I think the funniest thing about this is that this isn't like Agricola. It's not really cartoony farming. It's not um, historic farming. It seems to be
1: it's like real relatively
0: farming. modern farming. So it almost looks like when you look at the cards, it looks like a little Sim City. Yeah. But farm version. So
1: <laughs> I like it. I, I don't know why.
0: I yeah, just think I, it's I'm,
1: funny that they just decided to do this.
0: It's a little strange. You can get it for $50 with included shipping, or you can get it for $42 if you happen to be going to Essen, and you'll get the stretch goals and things like that. It has funded. It'll be ending on September 7th. It's called Fields of Green, again, from our tipia. Uh, and their tagline says, building a farm has never been so pleasant. So nice. it's just a happy-go-lucky farm game, Tiff.
1: And we need more happy go lucky farm games I think.
0: It's not a cruel your people are starving. starving. <laughs> it's cold and no, this Everybody, is like
1: you have to eat your family pet.
0: Yeah. That kind this of This is thing. you are a competent farmer who knows what they're doing and you're just doing it. I like it. We need more games that's that's that like just people doing normal things well. That make you feel well.
1: successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's Ocarina. no outrageous hardships. All right. That is a show We can wrap this up. That is broadcast news for August 18th. Thank you all for joining us. Just as a reminder, if you need to find us, you can do so on Facebook by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Feel free to shoot us an email if you'd like to chat about anything at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. We are over on BGG Guild number 2077. You can get yourself a tiny Meeple Shield micro badge, or you can chat with Dan Licata, because he is the most active guild member ever, uh, about some of the cool topics that he's going on about I'm in there regularly. Tiff is never there, but if you say something to Tiff, I will relay it to her.
1: I go in, look, to be fair, I do go in there. I just don't always, I don't know. I feel weird. I don't,
0: Tiff, the internet is supposed to cure social anxiety.
1: (laughs) I feel like the guild brings it out in me. Like, I'm like, you're too scared to type. I say something,
0: it's going to be documented forever. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh you can find me in particular on Instagram. I run the Leagues Handle, which is nonsensical gamers. I also run my own, which is Cinnamon Buns. Uh do a lot of picture posting of the review games that we do, of the things that we're playing. So if you want to stay, you know, moment to moment up to date, you can check that out. That also goes to my Twitter, which you'll see in a second. Uh, if you enjoy the content, we say this every show, but I wholeheartedly mean it. If you enjoy the show or if you have feedback to provide, you can go over to iTunes you can go to stitcher you can go to google play you can leave us a review you can rate us honestly we're not asking for five stars if we don't deserve five stars but we want to know what you think of the show if you're enjoying it or not so that we can get noticed so that we can move up the ranks and so that you know we can improve the content because that's what we do so the best way to make sure that dan's on the show is to go to itunes and leave a review that says you love dan
1: oh that would be great
0: yeah five stars for dan Three stars for the rest. It's okay. Uh, you can also provide us hearts on board game links if you feel that way, too. Uh, the best place to find us, as usual, is on Twitter. You can find Tiff at...
1: I am at IneptGamer.
0: Yep. Yeah, you can find Dan at League Nonsense. That's the league's handle. It's got all of our up-to-date stuff there as well. You can also get personal with Dan at Scandalous underscore Nad. I found that he he's posting a fair bit on his personal now of board game stuff. It's not all sports and politics do you you
1: think he gets more real on his personal account
0: i i think it's hard for dan not to be real no matter where he is
1: but that's the realist version of dan
0: dan (laughs) is quintessential dan at all times (laughs) it's true but yeah you can also find me at cinnamon buns spelled phonetically s-i-n-u-h-m-u-h-n-b-u-h-n-s oh that's so nice yeah you
1: actually spelled it
0: you can yeah Sorry that it took so much time to spell that. Thank you all for joining us. You can check us out next episode. It is episode 50, Tiff. Are we doing anything special?
1: I hope so. We should do something special.
0: So here's my thought. We'll do this here at the end for the people who really listen to the show. I was thinking that we should probably have a community Keep Trade Burn where people send in Keep Trade Burns for us. Okay. There's also a strange petition. Several people have made comments that they want us to actually burn things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not burning so, any games.
0: Should I, yeah, we have a fire pit in the backyard. Should I like set up a camera and Dan and I can burn games?
1: Well, I feel like that's bad for the environment.
0: Oh, okay. So we're not going to do real keep, trade, burn because it's bad for the environment. Thanks, Tiff. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. If you have any ideas for what we should do for episode 50... Feel free to contact us on The Guild or on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you can find us, because I think that we should probably make it special, I guess. No, 50 I think episodes is kind of cool, right?
1: I think we should make it special, but as per usual, we'll probably plan at the last minute.
0: Maybe we should do a live show?
1: <laughs> we should do a live show. We haven't done one in a while. We got yeah. going there for a bit and then kind of faded away. People have guess- lives,
0: the strangest thing is that it's our 50th episode, but it's actually closer to our 100th episode because this is a weekly podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, mostly So I'm confused weekly. how to celebrate. Let's just celebrate 50.
0: All right. So give us your suggestions. Thank you all again for joining us. We will see you for that episode, Dan included. We will make sure. I will drag his hungover butt out to <laughs> this <laughs> this podcast. I
1: hope he's still not going to be hungover by then. How much? Okay. How awesome was his birthday party i guess
0: he's gonna be feeling it until he's 52 (laughs) which is only two short years away so (laughs) not cool all right tiff say goodbye
1: (laughs) goodbye (laughs) bye